0: Morning. I want to read a passage from Luke chapter 1, and it's the occasion where Mary has just learned from the angel Gabriel that she's going to give birth, and that son is going to be Jesus, the Savior of the world, the Messiah. So she has learned that her cousin Elizabeth is also pregnant, and she goes to meet with Elizabeth. And the, the greeting that they share is the portion that I want to read to uh, Luke 1, verse 44. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Think about that. Jesus is still forming inside of Mary's womb, and John the Baptist is forming inside of Elizabeth's womb, and, and these two preborns have a connection. So so when you hear, it's not a baby, it's just a lump of cells. You, you know that's not true. That John the Baptist could sense the specialness of another baby inside the womb that he couldn't see, he probably hadn't been told that, but he lived for joy inside her womb. So Kim, I'm so thankful for the work of the PRC and what you all are doing to but babies, how babies to come into the world. Thank
1: you, come and share this one. You're on, but you're not coming through. See if you maybe you need to turn it on there. Professor Ed, can you help her? Good morning. What a good to be here. Thank you, Pastor Ed, for just allowing us to have this time this morning <clears throat> together to honor our creator God and the sacredness of human life that he has. Uh, To each of us, and you know, gladly to also remember the 633 more babies who have lost their lives in our country since we legalized abortion. (laughs) Maybe we will see a change in that um, not too far down the road. I just really want to thank my church family for your stance for life. It is beautiful. It is amazing. I get to see it in action, and I know it is so life impacting. You know, when I took my new members class here to um consider joining the fellowship of every evangelical friend, I was very impressed that everything that we believe is written and referenced by scripture. And I'll be honest, we've been in the church all my life and I really had never even had a new members class. So, uh, if, if some of you have been attending for a while, I just, this is not Sanctity of Life necessarily, but if you have been attending for a while and you have not taken advantage of taking that class, I really would encourage you to do it. It's just beautiful.
2: But um,
1: it, it talked in there about the Sanctity of Life. It talked about our view on the Sanctity of Life as a church, And uh, and how we live that out in our daily lives. In other words, it's just wasn't this is what we believe this far from scripture, and how we live this out in our daily lives. So I want to read that out loud to you, if you'll bear with me. (coughs) (coughs) Evangelical friend believes that all life is a gift of God. We seek to recognize and preserve the sanctity of human life from conception to natural death, and thus we are opposed to the use of induced abortion. We must do all that we can to preserve both the mother and the child's life. We recommend that our members be informed about the abortion issue and become actively involved in the protection of life. Therefore, we encourage participation in ministries like the promotion of adoption, the involvement in care for expectant mothers, outreach to women who have had abortions and their families, and support the appropriate legislation to guarantee protection of life under the law of the unborn. This is such a beautiful, beautiful stand. And I believe that we have such a rich history here of people actively participating and supporting the sanctity of life because we have this in front of us in what God says about us. So we're going to look at some scriptures here. I'm going to share with you the supporting scriptures. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed... Into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Genesis 2.7 The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Job 33.4 So let's look, I'd like for us to look at each of these things that we are encouraged to be involved in. To protect human life. And I've got some friends family coming to help me in a little bit, so you don't have to listen to me the whole time. They praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> so we recognize and protect the sanctity of human life from conception to natural death. Um, this morning, even as I was just in my quiet time, the Bible is just so rich, with so my, so many scriptures about life. And I guess it just sounded a new one to me, but I was, just in my general quiet time, and it was from Psalm 22, 10. It says, I was given over you at birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. And that was then uh, Psalm 22, 10. So let's just talk about descending human life from conception to natural death. I've been at the Pregnancy Center, by God's grace, uh, for 17 years now, and uh, I'm really blessed with that opportunity to be there. But during that season in my life also, um, I had very treasured, a number of very treasured senior adults and people in my life um, who needed a definite care, some of them I was in direct um, charge of their care. Others I may have been in person providing care. These were people that had poured into my life. And, you know, my heart was just, Lord, how do I honor them, continue to honor them in this season of their lives because they are a to you, and they have been a gift to me. And um, so I, I wanted to make good decisions in those places where I had charge of decisions and I wanted to, again, help them finish well. But during this time, uh, my eyes were opened to the cultural devaluation of life at both the beginning and the end of life. So during this time, sometimes I'm working on the beginning of life, and sometimes I'm over here working through the end stages of life, And and this is going on simultaneously. And it just really did impact me that the practice of the quality of life world ethic is torn into the very fiber of our culture and it still does today. At times it wasn't just a battle to get the right services or figure out the right services for good care, but the battle was truly very spiritual in many respects. And so I prayed my prayers I always pray. God, I have no idea what to do with this. I know You love them more than I do. Please show up before I make a bad decision <laughs> and guide me and direct me and show me what I need to be doing. And God was so faithful. I mean, I'm telling you, folks, I am a testimony. When you pray these prayers, I don't know what to do. Please show up, stand before I mess something up. He will show up. And um, he was so faithful, and he opened doors that were so difficult, doors that I could have never opened to help these precious seniors in my life. And his presence was so precious in that time. We must never forget that those who are also facing end-of-life issues, that God loves them and he's for them. He's working through us to care for them in various ways. Some of you may be in the midst of that now. You may be in person doing that. You may be supporting siblings that are doing that because they live a distance away. Um, There just could be very, very ways that you may be supporting the state of your life in your ongoing love and care for others. And I just want to say, God bless you. I just want to tell you, God bless you and thank you because caring for our elders. It is about the sanctity of life as well. So, what does scripture speak or say about a specific time for each of us when life begins? Let's look at that scripture. For you formed my inward part, You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book, every one of them, the days that were formed for me. When as yet there were none of them. That's not 139, 13 through 16. And so, one of the other things that we're encouraged to do as a church and family is to be involved in the care of expectant mothers. So, now I'm going to talk a little bit about the PRC and what we do, but before I do, I think we have a video coming. over 41,000 uh, since that time, and uh, we just give God praise for the opportunity to be able to do that. I wanted you to know that, um, so we did not always have computers when we started, but from what time we can look back in the records and see um, that Hannah, the Evangelical Prince has been involved in the care of expected mothers through so your partnership with the PRC for about 30 of those 40 years. So that is just really awesome, and we are so grateful. In various seasons of their lives, uh, Kay Murray, uh, Laura Smith, Diane Ager, Elizabeth Sheldon have volunteered with us in various capacities, and Kelly McCluck, my sister, is our current church liaison. I am sure there are more that I don't know about here, and so those are just to name a few. So all of our services are free and confidential. So, we provide free, free pregnancy tests, ultrasound, prenatal vitamins. In addition, um, we have support services to mom, young moms and dads that are in group, provided in group, um, for individual settings. So, in 2022, there were 1,462 visits. 352 ultrasound and we prayed with 504 patients, and shared the gospel with 96. We celebrated this year, uh, last year, with over 100 women who decided not to have an abortion, but instead to parent their child. So, about, three, uh, about 75% of those we served are parenting, but there were 100 that really weren't sure about where things were going, and those 100 decided to carry their child. There's newsletters and things out front, So I'm not going to get into a lot of detail because we've got some really great stuff to um, We now have two offices, one at Bola Law and one at the in the uh, Oakland in the inner city in South Richmond. And we are now grateful to have four bilingual staff members who, have in a live interpreting, medically approved platform that enables us to, with the touch of a button, get a live interpreter that can communicate with clients, male and female clients, from any known language in the world. So, this is huge. Um, in 2022, under the leadership of Nora Reiner, um, our director of nursing services. We trained a new nurse in phonography. Nora uh, is another God story. Some of you were here to hear part of that, but she's so, so, just so grateful to serve with her every day. Women and men in unplanned pregnancy need safe places where they can be loved and served and cared for. A recent client shared with us having a chance to sit down and talk with someone and express my feelings. It really it was really stress-free. Being genuinely cared for, open, and honest about everything and actually having someone to pray for me is what i love the most. Research tells us that 83% of women who had abortions said they might have made a different decision if they have had loving guidance and So let me leave you with a few things for PRC, and then we'll be moving on. Pray to undergird this ministry. This is not easy work, and um, so please pray. Our role on office that we're in now is going to be torn down sometime this year, which means we're moving. And, um... So that's a good, like my favorite thing to do to move. But anyway, here we go. And God has moved up before and opens more opportunities to us. Also, volunteers We have volunteer training in February of this year. And so you can contact us and we can talk to you more about that. Again, your financial support and the church and individuals has been just incredible. Um, it's around 3,760 to operate our services daily, and um, so we, you know, definitely need that financial support. And the watch for Life is coming April 30th. So mark your calendar. will be at Deep Run Park again, and we just had such a great time together last year. So with your continued partnership, we're going to reach those 83 uh, percent and beyond. How about that? Now, the other thing is for us to participation in ministries like the promotion of adoption. And I would be just honored, am honored to invite Ted and Sue Blanco to come and share for a few minutes about their participation in the ministry of adoption.
0: six we were not scared. and we both knew we wanted uh And we started working on that very early, but unfortunately, uh, it wasn't even worse for us. And that was a very, very tough time we to Oh, well, for you, to didn't the we sure need to speak to each other. Also, of course, always. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I mean, you're in my dreams for me it, theory, but, uh, but for me, my story, uh, when I got saved, and that could be the whole story by itself. But we won't go there. Uh, things changed immediately. Now I was by the world, so you, could have, you know, a good person, a nice guy. Uh, but things changed. I was uh, known telling uh, jokes that I would not be proud to tell my best uh, And that was probably the first thing that the Lord took out of my life. And I literally, uh, people, I was working for the government, people would call me from across the country for the job of the day. I usually want college or whatever. but that was something that the Lord took immediately from me. Unfortunately, my uh, Desire to do things, as Francis Macho would say, my way did not get removed from me too quick. I struggled with that for years. Uh, how I can quote walking Working mostly with the will to give up my life and control my life was something that I really, really struggled with. So, uh, as we were trying to get pregnant, uh, Susan came home on Wednesday night. After going to go into a Wednesday night church meeting, all excited about before the thought of adoption. She had met uh, a man from, named Larry Taylor, who was the director of a ministry called Evangelical Adoption and Family Services, EAFS. I just wanted to say that because we don't Evangelical. That's who we are. Uh, <laughs> describing that uh, Perry Comos. Now, I have a Frank Sinatra and Perry Carmel reference, you can tell how old I am. Uh, but Larry was a nice guy unfortunately uh, Susan was very excited about this prospect I was not I guess, to me I don't mean what it is I wasn't ready to accept adoption I didn't want any more of it is. so after much encouraging and much complaining she finally convinced me uh, to go be you know, Living on Long Island to go to Syracuse to where EAFS was located to at least meet with and, and discuss it. So, you tell to get which is five hours or so. I'm, like, I'm just going to sit there, I'm not going to talk, I'm just going to just going. Just going because you made <laughs> it. So, we got there, and I'm asked me the first question about you know, my life and option that I need to make. And, God needs to put something in me. And the next thing I know, I was speaking for a tongue system. i talked for an hour about adoption with him, and came home more excited than she was. <laughs> that was a judgmental event. So we started to go through the process, and about three years later, on Mother's Day, a little baby girl was born. And that Monday, I'm at work, looking in my hand, She's back from Long Island, and I got a call from memory, and we the morning saying so congratulations, my lady was born yesterday, and I'm um, talking to you today, and we'll have all the details what she was going to do. We were so excited. Uh, I called Susan up, who was working in the Brooklyn, and went the to the Brooklyn because she was crazy, she wouldn't make it to the family by herself. And we took the train back home, and we were just, the whole trip back, we were just on the top of the world, and we had 10 foot the name. Amen. So we were so excited. We got home, uh, called back, we got more information, and he had some, not such good news. The baby had a series. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm
0: too blind, uh, stomach-caught, uh, and uh, not in any good shape. But, you've chosen to have this baby and it was our decision if you wanted to take this baby and care uh, for it. And we have to Make the decision, Does this work for us? By the time we hung up the phone, very shortly after, uh, uh, one of the social workers, uh, four of these four women, was already at the house. Like he must have uh, been called by the uh, as soon as we hung up. And he came, he sat with us, he prayed with us, he talked to us, and he asked the question, What's best for you? Doing? Being a person who was always in control and very logical and didn't have to get too many emotions. How are you? Was. the first time in my life, I was trying to make a decision on a totally emotional issue, which my wife was struggling with, and what to do. What was the right thing for Amy? What was the right thing for us? I couldn't come up with a logical answer. And then I go going meet the bedroom, crying like I am now. And falling to my knees, and saying, I don't know what to do. I can't do this. <sighs> and the hero said, It's about time he turned to me. <laughs> you no, you can't do this. I can. I can help you get through this. I can be with you. I can lift you up. So, uh, as I'm sitting there trying to decide what to do, I can feel this. I can just, I can feel it now. It's the weight literally being lifted off my shoulder, being free, peace. And I knew what was right, what, what we should do. And the whole process of me convincing this woman here to my left, what was best for Amy. It's will talk more about that in a few minutes. so after that, after that time we went through that I realized that, you know, just you know, going to church occasionally and still doing what I want to do isn't what the Lord wants to in hand. you know, I need to not just know that I'm a Christian, I need to act like a Christian I need to walk like a Christian, I need to have a witness like a Christian so uh, we started that and at the same time we were going to move from an apartment close to the city, out uh, further to Long Avenue. We made that decision, and that same weekend that no, we made that decision in church, the associate pastor, Pastor Larry Finn, at the church we were attending at, in online, announced that he was leaving as associate pastor to take on, uh, to be the pastor of the church in Lake Grove, which was about three or four miles from where we were <laughs> All right, well, I hear you, I hear you, so we started attending there, and uh, we got involved in Sunday school and got, got to do justice. Uh, I, I really knew he was in control. Six months later, we get another call from EAFS. This time, there was uh, another baby girl who was born on December 14. We got to meet on December 21st, the best Christmas of my life. That's uh, Andrea Katie. Or Catherine Noel is in the mm-hmm. because she's a Christmas baby. As the girls were growing up, and then nine, month, nine years later, we were blessed again with our little girl Hannah, who was a Halloween baby. Okay. Our Horus, I like it better. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Both of those, from the time they were old enough to even know the speak, speaking, always used the word adoption. They knew that they grew in someone else's belly, that they were growing and growing in our hearts. That God had chosen them to be with us. And we always gave them the right to say, this is your news. If you want to tell people you're adopted, that's up to you. And before we would talk about it, we would always ask their permission. But neither one of them ever uh, had any problem. i like to your story. Uh, of course, in my growing up, she had, especially in high school, she had some health issues, and I was constantly going to the nurse to her medication, whatever she needed uh, for the day. And one day, uh, they called me down, and she told me this afterwards, that the, the, she was talking to the nurse about a you know, long list of health issues, and I said, you yeah, know, it's kind of like my dad, because, well, what do you expect? And his daughter says, yeah, I know, but adopted." You know, she told the nurse, The nurse was like, I don't think you're like another doctor, I know you're that. that. And, you, know, you look her just like <laughs> him. And, and true, so like I got the trouble with the medicine, The nurse said, She's telling me mean, she's a doctor. And I go, She is. And the nurse said, What? God don't make mistakes. Those girls may not be ours biologically, but they couldn't be more ours in any other way. You're uh, certainly blessed. And I'm going to end my speech with uh, our life verse, which we came up shortly, uh, shortly after, I believe, we received uh, Katie, and really young part the church, we came up with our life verse, which is Job 2310, but he knows the way that I take, and he tests me, and I come forward you realize that is
1: Um, I have been exposed to a peer-reviewed in At high school, I had taken a course at the New York Orphanage School in New York, and I uh, used that exposure to orphan children to show me that loving a child didn't require
0: biology, just a loving will and heart.
1: In the almost three years between when we completed our first adoption application, in the actual placement, waiting became from the eyes. Satan was always on the attack. 1 Timothy 5.8, we watched of the adversary the devil prowls like a lion, seeking someone to devour. Now that may seem like a strange thing to say in the doctrine story. But my life became a real challenge every time we the day when we turned up into the mailbox. Hoping and waiting for news, I felt like I was being denied. As I watched my friends have children, child as child, to and my heart, to overcome me, just to be safe. Today, we received that first page for call about Amy and the torture said, and all the events that surrounded it, left me with the worst anxiety of all. All I could think of was how could God do this to us? How could this baby lose two mothers in one day? I can't. I can't do that. And it was Paul's social worker who said, maybe what God is doing is showing you how hard the decision to adopt really is. Those mothers, regardless of their circumstances, have the toughest choice of their life. And now you have to do this better can you do what's right for the child? And that became the time where at 10, I grew closest to him. We and he had to let God and now walk by faith. Mm-hmm. Six months later, God blessed us with Katie. But God wasn't done with his blessings. I still received a cold little who had asked if I could speak with her teenage daughter, who only weeks before had made the
0: painful decision to place a child for adoption. All my years of disappointment
1: melted away as I began to speak with her, assuring her as a constant gift of joy she'd given to as a doctor. And I realized that God truly does make all things beautiful in this time, Nine years later, we welcomed our youngest, Hathalem, and as you can tell from her first name, the biblical story of Samuel's mother was a source of great encouragement to me over the years. But that's a story for another time. Since then, we have been called upon to counsel others who are in the midst of crises with infertility and adoption. We encourage them to put their hope and trust in the one who creates families.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. What Amy. Shortly uh, uh, anyway, uh, after we decided that you know we were not the best parents for Amy, uh, we got a call from the agency to let us know. in the worst place with a couple who had raised a severely uh, disabled child and had all the means and equipment mm-hmm. and ability
1: to God so. yeah, is in the details. Thank you. So many of you in our church who have adopted and fostered under various circumstances and in situations, and you know, we just thank you so much. Um, now I'm going to invite um, Tom and Ginger up to share a little bit about their story um, and how they're participating for caring for life in, in today's time. And thank you both for coming.
2: All right, well, good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Tom Jimaros I'm from through kids here and we now. Um, but we just want to share um, how we have a story that the, the church. Um, first and foremost we pray to, to God Father, um, so Holy Spirit, uh, praise Jesus, our Lord, and Savior. Um, if we say we can here that seems to cry over in ways just for that. We want all to, uh, not to, we get our to God and not see God work So let me
0: start start out with um,
2: scripture, uh, James 1, uh, verse 27. That's the foundation of the book and the reason why we uh, became foster parents. And it says this: this is James talking about what pure religion is. He says, Religion that our God, our Father, accepts as pure and false is this: to look after orphans and widows in their distress. And keep himself included. So, that first part is an important part here that we're going to emphasize on. Just take care of the world. So, back a couple years ago, um, June and I were thinking about our children. And uh, we always thought we'd have one or two kids. And she thought we'd have about four. And I said, only two. Nice. We couldn't really decide. We just it up in God's hands. We had two kids. I still remember we were talking with our daughter about the sick of the thought when she it. She's the third kid. And she said, yeah, do you remember? You said we were going to have two kids and I came along. And um, it, it truly reminds me that you know, we, we make plans but God has to go. Mm-hmm. And um, we had our third child and that was getting good for us. The first season came with it. It we're not going to have kids from. we're not going to have kids. I mean, that was the discussion that we were going to If there's ever an opportunity we can open our doors. Uh, if there's ever an opportunity for some child to sit in our table, or we can provide a bed for that child. God gives us that opportunity. Um, we came across this verse and It really played on our heart. Um, we prayed about it. prayed about it. So the adoption, let's, let's, adopt, let's get into the adoption world. And those doors and windows to start to close. I still remember praying with a friend of ours for the adopted uh, reaching out to different resources and asking lots and lots of questions uh, but that wasn't really the way that the um, it was almost like instantaneously, the case we can still have kids and maybe we'll just be this group parent maybe that, that one piece of the puzzle that could fit in there between the mother who struggling struggle to raise the child and maybe we can assist so that we can turn that child back to the one foster system. Like, okay. We came across this verse and we prayed about it, obviously, from God's person. And sure enough, it was a training session. It was just an intro to what bases are possible. care. Right? So that class, that led us into a three-month training school uh, in the County Department of Social Services. And from there, in 2019, we were certified as care and it's just been an amazing experience for us so we've got a couple different families that we have knocked out uh, and I'm just going to go through but I've actually written down some of the names uh, in my wallet so I remember the credit for my husband and his all, just for confidence in but in 2020 we had um, I think they were know, six months six months old twins uh, they came to look at us for three days uh, and after that in 2020 we had uh, six months old, uh, six months old. Uh, three months old we yeah, had six months uh, and then we had another child uh, after that 2020, 2020, just for a couple of days and then we had the sisters uh, last year for a couple of days so all these different families uh, bring one thing to life that these are all uh, mothers and fathers who chose life and then after. I think it's what we have to remember as we get to the point where we support the second life. And life begins at conception. There's a the process, even after the child is born, that doesn't end, the struggles don't end. There needs to be some support from after hmm. And that's what we were trying to do support life all the way through, wherever we're needed in that child's life. And hopefully, we've been able to These names, every chance that we have, uh, it's hard to remember my wife and I are looking for the next opportunity to pass us, and that can extend a and will say yes, and then we will all be
0: that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. turn it over to
2: That one the light mm-hmm. that okay? mm-hmm. 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 I'll talk
1: back but one thing that came out us to share was how we have seen God at work in our lives and in the lives of others. And um, one thing about fostering is well, there's a lot of misconceptions about it. And so one thing that was being very clear about at the beginning is that it is not rescuing kids, it is not helping kids or saving kids, but that fostering is really caring for kids while you help their family heal. So it's not about, like, I'm going to rescue this child. We're helping the family heal, and we just need to be that bridge while the family takes time to heal without the added pressure of being um, a capable parent. Fostering um, is modeling a safe and nurturing environment, showing them what a loving family looks like. Fostering um, is obedience to God's call in our lives, and it's a lot of sacrifice, um, both for us, but also for our children. Um, it's meeting birth families in their brokenness, and I love how, in the video, the woman said brokenness multiple the time, because we are all broken, and it looks different for every one of us, but so often we're quick to judge mothers, birth mothers, for decisions that were made that affected their children, but they're just as broken as we are, and so it's been a great experience for me in growing my compassion to these, to these moms, to these families is also experiencing empathy for the family and um, one thing that I recently came across was the difference between pity sympathy and empathy and pity is acknowledging someone's suffering sympathy is expressing that you care about your suffering maybe it's in a but then empathy is when you also feel that suffering and you feel that with them um, in our children's lives we were talking about on our drive over today, what they learned through fostering. And they learned a lot of patience. They have learned that they have to put the needs of others first, Um, but it's also increased their awareness of the needs of others. Um, And they also, they didn't use the word sacrifice, but they said they have to give up a lot. (laughs) They have to give up a lot of their time. They have to give up their time with their parents. They might have to give up an event they wanted to go to. They have to give up their space. We're not asking them to share in their bedrooms, to share sometimes their clothing because the kids will come to us with something. Um, but it, it requires the whole family to support this um, every time we accept a child into our home.
2: And in our own lives, um, it really has
1: helped me recognize pride right in my heart and know that it's not about me. It's, I can't do this on my own. I learned that oh my, hours of our first <laughs> I was just like, I help. And I just remember going to Tom in the kitchen and saying, it was his birthday." <laughs> and I said, you know, okay, But just, we can't do it on our own, and we're not expected to do it on our own. We've learned to lean on each other. We've learned to lean on our community. Um, the PRC, I've reached out to Tom with our placement and said, we have a three month old, they're this size, and he diapers like in hours, and Kim will swim by our house and drop off diapers and the Um We've learned to pray before we make any decisions. Um, I've learned to pause anytime I get a call or a text um, that just says, Okay, I'll let you know in 30 minutes that I have to talk to Tom about to pray. Um, and that has just been a huge growth in, in our own lives. It's, it's really not about us it's really just about being that rich and being used um, in the house of thank you so much Tom thank you so just right. get on thank you thank you so much that's so <laughs> a story I realize Tom is pressing on so we just are coming right down the stretch with you and um, so, I want to talk about our last two things. Briefly, I'll to women who've had abortions and full abortions in their families. You know, as I go into churches, and, and over the years I've gone into a lot of churches, and even in what we do every day, I've had this opportunity to hear direct stories from both women and men who deal with, often, way too often, a long-term grief from having made a decision and a of on their lives that they regret having made, And they are living silently and deeply within these three. They do not feel they can share that in their church. I will tell you that, I hear that constantly. And sometimes if it's not out, they will come very close to me and their spouse doesn't even know if they share. And um, so we need to reach out to the community of those who are grieving. Um, you know, Jesus paid it all. He um, He paid the paid debt for our sins, and full of all of us. And um, we need to pray and look at more ways as uh, the body of Christ that we can more effectively reach out to women who are still raising this loss. John 15:13 says, "No greater love has this than to lay down." Uh, no one has greater love than this, than the lay down of life for his friends. The testimonies you heard this morning are about laying down. It does come at a And it does, about uh, love what the to shared, even when their children Children often speak to us when they're innocent, you know, we've got to give up something. But but there also is great jewelry that is just really, it's very difficult to see how God works in situations, watching him show up because he's the creator of life. Why is this up here not ours? And what a gift it? And so we need to remember those two who are, uh, feel like they're unable to talk about it. We need to be a safe place for people who have had abortions in the past to be able to talk freely about that. And we also need to, according to our um, instructions, to support appropriate legislation to guarantee the protection of life. I want to share with you that our own buddy Fowler, um, the House of Delegates, and Hanover is, brought um, about HB 16, uh, of using the watch of the child safe haven defense. And this actually is an amendment to something we already have that sort of tightens things up, but women we feel like that they cannot parent up to about 30 days, if this bill passes, would be allowed to take that child to a safe medical facility um, without fear of being prosecuted. They are, can now be prosecuted um, for neglect and to be able to place that infant in a safe place. So follow this bill, pray about this bill and support it. On January 21st, our Attorney General they are at filed a motion to remove from Virginia from the amicus brief supporting the abortion clinic and the case uh, okay, that's getting ready to come up. This is so good news, folks. This is very exciting Amen. And this week, Governor Glenn Youngkin appointed Virginia's first ambassador to the board. So isn't that something? <laughs> You know, God is on the moon. It's been a lot of prayer, hasn't it, over a lot of years. And God is on the moon, and we do give all praise and glory him. Not any of us are standing up here thinking we could too many of this. It's just all Him. So continuing to raise up godly leaders. Look what happens. The Bible says when the righteous rule the people rejoice. And so we have much to rejoice over. We need to pray for our leaders and continue to keep in touch with them in a loving way. Life is a gift from God, and we must do all we can to protect it. Life in Christ is the greatest gift, and there is where we find the hope. And we have great news to share with others. So my last encouragement to you is be a light for life, for life shines in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome. God
0: (laughs) bless you. Christine is going to come up and we're going to close with a a song. I just want to say thank you, Kim and Blancos and Jamar for sharing your story. And I know that there are others out there who have fostered or adopted. I just want to say if you have done that and you're able to and you want to, stand would you stand if you foster or adopt it I imagine that there are others in the that, have that Lord thank you for the ministry of the PRC for adoption agencies for fostering parents and we pray Father that uh, that may become even greater in our own church as others would Hear these testimonies today and say that could be us we could do this. And that you're calling them to that. Thank you for life, Lord. We celebrate it. From birth to death In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen. Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore.